Welcome to the Launch Your Live podcast, a show dedicated to providing you with daily, top-level, live video tips, tricks, and strategies to not only help you start, but also excel at live streaming. Here are your hosts, Christian Karashevitz and Jim Fuse. Welcome to episode 22 of the Launch Your Live podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how to use live streaming video for business, and that's going to be with Ross Brand. So if you're someone who struggles with understanding how live video integrates into your business and how live video streaming can help your business generate revenue, this is the episode for you. We're going to be talking with Ross Brand of Livestream Universe. He's also the host of StreamYard Connect, and he's going to talk about how to use live streaming video for your business. So I'm going to go and bring on Jim Fuse. Jim, so it's great having you back with us for another episode. I know this week we're going to be interviewing Ross. Is there anything you want to say about Ross before we bring him on? Well, absolutely. Ross is just, he's a great Great person, great human being. Uh, got a chance to meet him last year at uh, Social Media World Lima. I would say our friendship has grown uh, ever since. He was actually the guest on the Tim and Jim show for our one-year anniversary show last year. So I was really honored that he would join us. Ross has done close to, if not more than, we were talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. a thousand live streams between wow. hosting, uh, you know, and even you know being a guest. You know, he's really done quite a variety of, of show formats. So I think it's great that we're having him on to talk about this very subject because he's definitely someone that has seen how this industry continues to evolve. Definitely. So I'm going to go and bring on Ross and we're going to ask him some questions in terms of live streaming and how it can help you for business. So Ross, it's fantastic having you join us. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much for having me on. It's great to chat with you about live streaming and congrats on the, the launch, your live, the launch of your, your new podcast. It's fantastic. Thank you. So, Jim, do you want to start off with some questions for Ross? Yeah. Well, Ross, first of all, tell us, tell us about your background. Like what, you know, before we even get into asking how you got started live streaming, but get, let us know what, what, are, what, is, what is Ross Brand all about? All right. So I lo- first of all, I just love hosting shows and doing broadcasts and having these type of conversations that we're going to have today. And I had a 12 year run in radio and I was on air. I was hosting shows. I was reporting, anchoring. And I thought after that 12 years, when I went on to do other things that pretty much my broadcasting days were over. And I was fine with that. I was ready for new challenges. And um, about seven years later, I stumbled in a platform that no longer exists called Blab Mm -hmm. and just felt like I woke up in talk show heaven, except that it was people that were just doing it from home. And I was like floored on how good it was. Uh, The people were churning out great content and having awesome conversations. It was really engaging. Mm -hmm. And the topics were often more interesting than what shows would be on about, you know, on TV or on radio. So 
I thought I was going to become like a journalist of live streaming as a side hustle, maybe. Okay. And I was going to cover what people were doing when they were on, what they were talking about, what some trends are in the field, in the industry. And of course, I went on as a guest on a couple of shows and I got the bug. And so I started my own show. And from there, it all became again about what I'm doing on microphone. Uh, and then, of course, the big challenge for me was I had never been on video really before. I think I had done one TV interview or two. And, you know, I, I, I was part of a, a couple of Google Hangouts on air. But essentially going live from my own computer with my own webcam and hosting was completely a new experience. So on one hand, I brought a wealth of experience in hosting shows and doing interviews from radio. On the other hand, I was a total newbie at the visual side of things. Oh no. So no, I think that's amazing. So, so then Ross, you were in radio, you found blab. So really what kept you then getting involved with live streaming? Um, I just, I loved it. I mean, it was a chance to do what I enjoyed doing in radio, but to do it on my own terms, on my own time, uh, you know, to be able to do this stuff from home when seven years ago, if I needed to make a recording in order to say an audition tape, so to speak for a job, I would need to figure out when I could get studio time, where, how, what I was going to record on the technology, now you could literally, and, and, and not necessarily while just using a platform like Blab, the, but with a good quality recorder, audio interface, computer, microphone, I can record something that probably is almost indistinguishable in quality from if I went into a, a radio studio. I mean, using uh, like the Shure SM7B that, that, that Christian and I are using, Similar mic, I use this at some radio stations. So, I mean, you'll find this in radio stations. Uh, the Mix Pre 3 from Sound Devices records professional quality audio. It's got amazing preamps. Just those two pieces of gear together enables me to do a level of, of recording that was just unthinkable in a, in a home environment or a non-studio environment years ago. It's amazing. It's I'm floored by how 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 accessible this now is to everybody. And the audio side is certainly much less expensive than elevating on the video side, which we could we could always get to. And, and I think that that's a really great point you bring up, Ross, because what's been fascinating, you know, during this, uh, if you want to call it this time that we're in right now as we're recording this, is you see a lot of these television uh type folks and even sometimes these radio folks struggling to do remote video because they just they can't get all that tech they had in place before i mean they probably need to be talking to, to folks like you or you know us about you know hey how can i do this because it's really amazing how much the if you want to call it the barrier to entry has been reduced i mean uh, what, what are your thoughts christian um, i definitely think that the equipment is making it much easier for people to be able to produce their own shows. Now, I think the hardest part about this whole thing, though, is, you know, how do I go from like making it a bit of a hobby from the personal side to the business side? Because, you know, and I, and I think a lot of people like if I'm just doing this, you know, just for myself, it's very easy to just go live, for example. But 
it also takes a lot of time to do that. And, you know, um, I definitely, I like where it's going. I just hope that the barrier to entry doesn't get so low that, it, you know, everyone's doing it. And then you just have just, uh, just way too many live streams out there. <laughs> well, I think as more people are doing it, then people who've been early adopters need to start raising their level a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think we saw that happen when Blab disappeared because Blab made it very easy for you to have an audience because it was a self-contained platform, tons mm -hmm. of discovery. People hung out there all day and went from one room to another to watch yeah. shows and be in conversations. Once Facebook Live came along, Mm -hmm. Now people had to figure out how to build an audience. So people got better with their content because showing up was not enough anymore. Now we're seeing um, like the gear I mentioned, the Mix Pre 3, like the Roadcaster that you guys use. That didn't exist in 2015. Those right. pieces of gear came along 2018, 2019. And they make a huge difference because now you can record right on, on hardware and it can be an audio interface. It makes it easy to connect with your guests. There's some complexity in using that kind of gear in addition to just jumping on a platform. But what it opens up is, is the ability to elevate the level and quality of what you're recording or what you're live streaming. Definitely. And so, you know, you need to start off at a certain level. And obviously, you want to gradually continue to improve the quality of your show. So if you just start out and again, we always talk about this gem, you know, how equipment is, it's important, but it's not going to make your show really good. It might make it sound and look good, but it really comes down to the meat, the content of that show. So, you know, if I'm a business, so, okay, so Ross, what are some tips to get started with live streaming? If I'm a business, because obviously, yes, I can buy the equipment, or maybe I don't need to buy the equipment, but I don't know if you want to walk through maybe your journey. I know you have sure. background in obviously, you know, radio production. And so you kind of, you know, you had a little bit of an advantage, I think there. Um, if I'm a business, what do I do to get started with live streaming? Yeah, I would say don't go out and spend thousands of dollars on equipment. That's like the worst thing you can do right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Because when you do your first broadcast, it's probably not going to be something that you feel great about, right? You need to mm -hmm. get uh, in a little bit of a rhythm with doing this stuff. You need to get some experience under your belt. And if you just went out and spent thousands of dollars, then you're going to be in the mindset of like, this is going to be pro and it's going to be awesome. And you do that first broadcast, boy, are you going to feel let down and like, yeah. boy, what did I waste all this money on? And I, I, I got my hopes all now. I mean, go live the first time with your your mobile phone, which has more than a good enough microphone and, and a great camera built into it, or go live from your computer and maybe, you, you know, use your your, uh, your earbuds or plug in a USB mic that you can get for under $100. And, you know, that's more than enough to get started. That's how I got started. Headphones, a USB microphone, and a very inexpensive boom arm to hold it. And for under $100, I was doing my thing for a year and a half with nothing else. Now, I will say that today, uh, 
I don't know that starting with your built-in webcam from a uh, laptop would be as acceptable as it was back then, right? I think it's fine for a lot of people, but you may want to consider, let's say, an external webcam just to up the level to where you're you're on that baseline of what's expected. But, you know, with the prices and the availability for these things right now with everybody working from home, if you have to start with your built-in webcam, that's fine. It's ultimately the content that matters. And if the content isn't good, it doesn't matter how nice uh, how good it sounds or how nice it looks. If the content mm-hmm. is good, boy, you'll get a lot of leeway in terms of everything else. Uh, as long as your audio is able to be understood clearly and you, people can get a sense of who you are from seeing you on camera. But beyond that, nothing should be a barrier to entry. And by the way, the equipment that we talked about earlier, the Roadcaster, the Mix Pre 3, those all cost, I think, around what, $600, Ross, right? right? 600 each. So as you mentioned, I mean, you could easily drop just on, you know, just on uh, the. Uh, you know, the mixer, for example, like it makes your audio sound fantastic, but it's $600 that you're outlaying before you really have that audience. And, and that's where I really think the key thing is. I mean, I think the audiences or the community is the key piece here, you know, of using live video for business. Jim, uh, any questions for Ross on this? Uh, well, I mean, I think he brings up some great points and, and I think, you know, it's not only the content, but I think he hit on a major point is if you're going to do anything, make sure you have a good microphone because mm-hmm. we'll forgive you if your video maybe gets a little grainier at times, but the, but the audio is what's so important. And there's so many things you can do with that audio later, right? You can, you know, transcribe it, turn it into a blog post, uh, you know, put that in, in different ways that like hit some of those highlights of what came out of that conversation so mm-hmm. the microphone is important. And like Ross said, for under a hundred bucks, you can get a good USB microphone. Right. You know, I know in a future episode, we'll be talking about in more depth about equipment specifically and, and understand the difference between USB and XLR and the pros and cons of that and of wireless versus wired. Um, so mm-hmm. no, I think those are great. Uh, you know, so I think, uh, you know, Ross, I mean, any, any other thing you'd want to add about those tips before we move on to the next question? I would say if you your goal is to go live on behalf of your business to and you're new at this completely, start out on your personal Facebook profile where your friends and your family have opted in. Talk about something that you're passionate about and perhaps script the first couple of lines and the last line. Because one of the toughest things is what do you say when you first turn that on? And even for somebody who's done as many shows as I've done and radio and everything else, getting that ending smooth is never easy. Now, I always embrace the challenge of doing it off the top of my head. But I would say for anybody starting out, script that first line so it starts good or first and second line. And it might be just as simple as saying your name, the name of your business or your name and what you're going to talk about and thanking everybody at the end, but just knowing what that's going to be. And then in between, talk about something that you're passionate about that isn't related to your business. 
And I think it's going to be fine when you're new, right? If you get off to that smooth start, you talk about something that you love, and then you get out, you keep it to maybe five minutes, and then do it again and do it again and do it again. And by the time you've done that five times and you stretched it to go a little longer, maybe add in a call to action where you're telling people, you know, check me out. I'll be back live again on Monday at this time or whatever. And then you start when you start to hit that comfort level, then you want to move over to a Facebook business page because going live on your Facebook business page. Now you're going live for people who've opted into your business content. And it's also where unless your business is mostly serving your friends and family, somebody who hears about your business is more likely to find your business page than they are to find your personal profile. And that's where they're going to go to learn more about your business. And so live streaming becomes a great way to have some content on your business page. Even if your business page doesn't have a lot of followers or a lot of engagement yet. So Ross, I have a question in terms of, the business page side of things, mm -hmm. or, or sorry, using uh, live streaming for business. So how often should a business go live? For example, you know, you and I were talking, we were all talking about this earlier about Amazon. Amazon has a live product right. and we compared it QVC. And so for example, there, if somebody's trying to monetize or sorry, I don't even say monetize. If they're trying to just make money, a lot of them are going to be just going through products that are, for example, already on Amazon or trying to sell something. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a business though, like how often should I be going live? Should I try to do something every single day? Should I do it maybe once a week, a couple of times a week? What's your like recommendation there? I would set a weekly show, give the show a name, could be your name live or your, but you know, it's a show it's at this time and mm -hmm. it's at, uh, it's at this time on this platform and this is the name of it. You say your name, you say the name of your show and you drive that home. So anybody who finds you and enjoys what you're doing has no hesitancy about how they find you again and where they come back to. You put out promo graphics during the week, always the time, the URL, you know, and uh, your name, the show name, and you drive that home to where it just becomes, okay, every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, I know I go to Facebook Live and I find XYZ show. Then, of course, you can mix in going live more often, uh, and you can do some spontaneously, maybe some from your phone, behind the scenes, share your thoughts on something mm -hmm. off the cuff. But you want to have that anchor where you can start to build an audience around this, that specific weekly event. So consistency is obviously key. It's huge. I would say experiment as well with different. So, for example, going live a couple of times during the week, you know, trying different types of lives as well. So don't get so hung up on doing a, a show about a specific topic, maybe try some different ones and see which one resonates best with your audience. So Jim, what's the next question we have for Ross? Yeah. So Ross, you know, what do we mean when we say we want to monetize a live stream, especially when we're talking about business? 
Well, I look at it as any type of tie to your business that ultimately pays off in revenue. So it can be some will be more direct line of sight and some will be more of a long game or you might say, Gee, did you might not you might even be hard to measure whether a potential customer ended up coming from a live stream or not. But I think I look at three paths. And when I say paths, okay. they're not mutually exclusive. One is just getting on there and directly selling products and services to your audience. This is what a small percentage of people do. And some people do it really well. And it is certainly a, an appropriate thing to do on Amazon Live. And it's a skill set I think everybody should develop. But whether it should be your entire broadcast or it should be an element of your broadcast, because I think the best broadcasts combine all three, but they still have a primary focus. So that number one is the direct selling. Number two is okay. time and rapport, building relationships, providing value. And over time, you know that I provide live streaming services. So while you may watch my content to get a question answered, that's a one-off question, or you may just like the, the interviews that I conduct or the content, uh, you know that when you have a, a need for somebody to provide a live streaming service, you can, you can contact me. And that's a long game, but that's the one that I would say most people are, have played to some success. The third path is what I call the portfolio method. And that is while you may, you certainly should be developing a relationship with your audience, you may give a call to action for a product or some type of smaller conversion. Your focus is on using live streaming as a way to create a certain type of content that really resonates with the audience. So that even when you watch it on replay, you know that I went live and you get that little extra credibility from the audience. It seems more real versus something that was scripted and pre-recorded. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about the portfolio method, I'm talking about how you're repurposing that content as the number one motivation. So whether a million people show up or nobody shows up from my live stream, it's about taking clips from that video and making square videos to go on Instagram. It's about taking a screenshot and posting it on Twitter with a link to the broadcast, taking part or all of an interview and putting it as a YouTube video so that when embedding stuff from YouTube or from other platforms onto your website in a blog post, Christian, you do, you've done a phenomenal job with this over the years with uh, social chatter and that way, when somebody finds out about you, somebody says, hey, you need help with this. Check out Christian. He's he's got a, you know, just an expert in this area. And what's mm -hmm. the first thing they're going to do? They're going to Google you. And mm -hmm. once they Google you, they're going to come across your website. They're going to come across your YouTube channel. They may mm -hmm. find the social account. And guess what? They see great examples of your work. They also see how active you are as a thought leader, that you're you're engaging on these issues constantly. You have opinions. You've done, you know, hundreds and hundreds of episodes. 
all of this comes into a positive impression that if I'm already inclined that, hey, my good friend Jim said you should work with Christian. Now this is puts it over the top. I say, oh, wow, he's got all this stuff out there. I watch a little video. I'm like, OK, I could work with this guy. Good personality, you know, or maybe it repels me and I go, I can't work with this guy. And that's OK, too, because it saves you time and having to deal with somebody that ultimately probably wouldn't be a good fit and won't end up becoming a customer or a client. So I think that is huge for particularly for the small business owner and for the job seeker to have that digital portfolio where people can Google you and quickly find you and live streaming makes for great content for that. Love that. Uh, love all the examples, by the way, there. So Jim, do we have another question for Ross? Yeah. Ross, does it make sense to monetize your business with live streaming? It depends. Like if you're, if you are, if you're, calendar is booked with billing clients from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep and you have no time for anything else. Mm -hmm. You have to decide, is it worthwhile for me to cut an hour out of that to live stream in order to fill a schedule that's already filled? Now, if you want to grow your business in a different direction, if you want to open a new stream of revenue, then you think, okay, maybe it's a short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain, right? You you may be hiring another employee who can handle some of those appointments. You know, you have to look at it from a holistic standpoint. But if your business is on a roll and you're achieving everything you want, perhaps it, it isn't worth the investment of time in the moment. If your business has the opportunity to grow, then I think there's two reasons to consider it. One is it's a great way to, to uh, get new customers and new clients. It's great for customer acquisition. Uh, it also allows you to leapfrog over a lot of that grunt work that goes into building social media followings, because now you talk about your show and you send people to watch your show and you you put clips from your show up. And now you've got this great what I call portfolio online of your content. But the second thing is you get feedback in real time from your audience. So if you're considering a new venture, you're considering a new product, you're considering offering new services. Now you get people will actually be telling you what they want in the chat. There's a way that people respond to the chat. I think is very different in a live stream than in a recorded video. So uh, there's that angle as well. And I, I'll say a third thing, and that is developing the skill sets. And so much of video seems to be where the future of the internet and the future of online communications is going. It's probably worth at least an hour a week to develop that skill set and be able to be comfortable delivering on live video, because even if you don't ultimately do a public show on Facebook or YouTube mm -hmm. or another platform, eventually the time's going to come and it's already largely here where you're, you're going to have to deliver a sales pitch into the camera. You're going to have to talk to your boss and ask your boss for a raise into the camera. Uh, mm -hmm. So getting good at, at communicating on video and having a good audio presence and all these things will help you no matter whether it actually 
adds to your bottom line or not of your business in the next six months. And I think that's a great point. I mean, one of the things that I, I have done, Ross, and I started last February actually was something I had put off for a long time, but I joined Toastmasters mm. and Toastmasters, especially now is pretty much all on Zoom. So you're having to give a speech five to seven minutes or what they call table topics, which is just a one to two minute completely off the cuff. You got to respond to a question and it really makes you think about those things. And so that's another great way, you know, those are usually, uh, you know, once a week all over the, not only the country, but the world for you to get better at your speaking. Cause they also give you some feedback to make you understand where you're maybe making some mistakes. So that's a great point about practicing and, you know, sharpening that saw. Yeah. And it's great. Also, if you want to be a speaker or you're, you're a speaker, you can try out new ideas, but you just get comfortable speaking. And I know being on stage is a totally different experience, right? And it's got to be tighter and it's got to be, you know, there's, there's no, it's got to be much more planned out than a live stream, but developing the skill of being able to go off the cuff, to see a plan fall down, to see technology go wrong, see a guest get lost in the middle of the show because their internet goes out and you have to keep it going. Even if it's just keep it going for a minute in order to wrap it up, right? All that helps when you run into an issue where, you know, the slides aren't working and you're up on stage and you got to make something out of it. How do I regroup? How do I keep going? Um, There's a lot of positives that I think come out of doing this beyond uh, helping your business or that will help your business in ways beyond selling products and, and services. But I I do think that there's a great opportunity for people to use the business, to to use live streaming, to get their business known, to interest people in what they do, build relationships, and ultimately have that digital portfolio out there where people, when they're ready to go work with somebody, can look a little deeper into who you are and see some great examples of your work and come away with that positive impression that you're the person that they, they really do want to work with. So I love all the tips that you're (laughs) sharing Ross, you know, about how a business can use live streaming video to either deliver new revenue channels, or if they're just getting started, how they can go about, you know, getting more comfortable on camera. I actually, especially like the idea of, doing a lot of practice uh, to your personal accounts first so right. that you do get more comfortable when you are going live on, say, a page or a business account. I will say also, it's a little bit different if I'm sitting there trying to look into the camera because I can't see the person. For example, right now, my setup, I'm looking into the camera. However, I've got my laptop screen as well, and it's not directly within my line of sight. So it does make it a little different because, for example, oh, I'm looking down at the camera, I'm looking up. You know, it does take some adjustment there, and you made some really great points on that. That is the hardest thing for me, for for me. I mean, if I were to grade myself on, like, what my biggest area of improvement needs to be still, right, five years into doing this, Mm -hmm. It is making eye contact with the camera when it's just so tempting to feel like if I'm talking to you guys, to look down at you guys, to look at the chat. Mm-hmm. And-
and the idea of keeping consistent eye contact with that camera. And it doesn't have to be, you know, staring into it every single second, especially when you're live, people know that you're going to go to the chat. You're going to, you're, you're, you're doing different things here, but you know, think about how much more impactful it is when you're in a sales pitch or you're, talking to your boss or whatever to be looking right into their eyes, especially when they're talking to you. Mm -hmm. And that means looking into the camera, not looking at them on the screen. Although we tend to instinctively feel the more engaged we are in the conversation, the more I want to look into your eyes on the monitor in StreamYard, which isn't, you know, look, doesn't make you feel like I'm looking into your eyes. I, you feel like I'm, I'm watching you if I'm looking into the camera. And that's something that, you know, has been the hardest thing for me. And uh, to be honest, I started out very much doing it radio style where I didn't even really think about the camera very much. And over time, I've thought about it more and more, but it's still a work in progress. And it's definitely an important skill now that's so much one-to-one and one-to-many business events are happening online where it's not just you're going live to talk about your business and maybe somebody becomes a customer, Mm -hmm. but where you actually have to go into meetings and make presentations at work in this, in this type of forum. So the, the sooner you're able to learn that, that skill, the more people will think that you're into what's going on. And it also makes you stand out on a Zoom where everybody else is looking down and looking away. And you're look like you're paying attention to the speaker because you're looking in the camera. That 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 also makes a, a subtle but very positive impression on people. Definitely. So I know we want to talk more with Ross, but we're going to make sure we bring him back for another series but ross if people want to connect with you where is the best place for them to reach ross brand well right now i'm doing some content because of amazon live Mm -hmm. going becoming available to people on the amazon influencer program so i've got a video about how to apply for the amazon influencer program and get access to go live i also have a video coming out uh, about how to connect StreamYard mm-hmm. to Amazon Live so you can go live from your computer and have those advantages. So I'd say check me out on YouTube, youtube.com slash universe. Uh, but also uh, I'm easy to find on Twitter, uh, the letter I, Ross Brand, and feel free to DM me if you want to, uh, if you want to have a conversation. Fantastic. So that's going to do it for episode 22 of the launch your live podcast this episode we talked about how to use live streaming video for business and interviewed ross brand so if you want to learn more about any of the topics that ross discussed during this episode head to launch your dot live forward slash ep22 we'll see you on a future episode thanks a lot We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Launch Your Live podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Also, visit launchyour.live for more resources based on today's topic 
as well as access to even more episodes that will help you level up your live videos. That's launchyour.live. So until next time, keep going live.